Hi, this is Pastor Furman with Lubbock Unified Church. Uh, you are listening to Messages on the Go. We pray that this message will bless you today and that you will receive a word from God that will help you in your life. If you ever want to visit us in person, feel free to stop by any Sunday, 2707 34th Street. Services are Sundays at 10.30 a.m. Or you can join us for a Wednesday night. We feel service with some prayer, some worship, and a word every Wednesday at 6.30, same location. We would love to have you. Now, let's jump into this week's message. All right. Good morning. It's so wonderful to see all these handsome and beautiful faces here this morning. Uh, before I want to give my sermon, I would love to open up with a prayer. Uh, but not just any prayer, not a prayer that's going to be long and exaggerated, but more so a prayer that's going to be short and sweet. Uh, reading Matthew this week, I just came across uh, in Matthew 6 where Jesus says not to be as Gentiles, the ones who babble on and speak these long, um, drawn-out prayers, hoping that the Lord hears them because they speak so many words and they speak beautifully. But rather, to pray a simple prayer that acknowledges God and everything He is and the needs in your life. And so this morning I would ask that you repeat this prayer with me, but that you say it with your own mouth. Because I can't intercede on your behalf, but Jesus can. And so when you pray this morning, I want you to let go. Uh, you may walk through these doors and you may have some financial worries, you may have some family worries, you may have some job worries, but right now, That'll be ready for you when you leave. But right now, just let your heart be open, let your mind be free, and let your heart be ready to receive what the Lord has for you. So as a group, let's all take a deep breath. Feel that Holy Spirit. All right, let's get into this prayer. So if you'll just repeat after me. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need. And forgive us our sins. As we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield into temptation. But rescue us from the evil one. And that prayer right there, you just prayed for everything you ever needed. That's it. It was no 10-minute prayer, no 15-minute prayer. The Lord is ready to intercede on your behalf in that moment. And so today I want to talk about a concept of spiritual family. And this is something that I think I was in for a while, um, you know, because I had to read my Bible. And, you know, I was in this good routine of waking up. First thing I did, I reached for my Bible on my nightstand. And I was like, we're going to go read this word real quick, and then I'll pick up my phone. But, you know, it's just, it started with, like, slow days. So maybe I woke up a little late, and I didn't grab a Bible that day. Or maybe I woke up, but I was like, oh, you know what, I should probably get ready first. And I started to lose my routine, and I started to lose that deep connection with God, which left me in this state of spiritual famine. It's not that I wasn't faithful. It wasn't that I wanted to chase after him. It was just the fact that my body and my flesh had felt so disconnected and so empty. The state of spiritual family refers, <clears throat> I'm sorry, refer, spiritual family refers to a state of spiritual emptiness where we feel disconnected from God and our faith, a state of spiritual malnourishment, 
can leave us feeling empty and alone. And Matthew is a perfect book that offers us insight on how we can avoid spiritual famine. In chapter 4, we find that Jesus being tempted by Satan in the wilderness. And I want us to take a moment to actually understand the severity of this instance. I mean, can you imagine? Jesus was not at his best. He was literally at the lowest point he could be, starving, you know, thirsty. I mean, like, imagine you being hangry, like, for 40 days and 40 nights. That was him for that long. And the fact that even in Jesus' lowest moment, his weakest point, Satan was still not victorious over him. And when I think about that, it just lets you know that you have comfort, that if Jesus can handle that in his weakest moment, imagine what he can do now. Place beside the gods, you know, place beside God's throne on the highest point. And so, Satan tried to tempt Jesus with food, power, and fame. But Jesus resisted, not by his own power, but with scripture. And so that's the way that God talks to us. When you read your Bible and you have that verse that you're just like, man, like, I'm really thinking about that today. That's God speaking to you. That's God trying to tell you, like, hey, this is what we read and this is what I have on your heart. And that's what it means when they say, write scripture on the tablet of your heart. Write it with you so that even when you're not connected to the source, you still got the power. When you're out in your daily lives, you still have the power of God working in you and through you. This story teaches us a vital lesson about spiritual family. To avoid it, we must be rooted in the word of God. Not to be in it, rooted, like deeply. So this means you've got to be firm in the word and all that he is and all that he does. You cannot watch a TikTok sermon for 30 seconds and be like, I got my daily Jesus for the day. That's it. You can't watch Instagram reels and talk about Jesus because it's one thing for me to explain God to you. Because I can tell you what God's done for me. And that's a blessing. That's my testimony. But only you can experience what God's going to do for you. Amen. We must rely on scripture to guide us, nourish us, and lead us. We cannot rely on our own understanding, especially the wisdom of this world, to sustain us. And that might be difficult because how can we not take information of this world that we live in 24-7? How can we not uh, you know, look at the news and see everything wrong going in the world? How can we not look on social media and see you know, all these rumors of war happening? It's hard to not look at the world and take in the wisdom that's coming. But you have to read the Bible. You've got to read your scripture. You've got to be deeply rooted in God. The book of Matthew also teaches us the importance of prayer. In chapter 6 of Matthew, Jesus tells us to pray in secret. You may ask, why? Why should I pray in secret? Shouldn't people want to see me praying? Prayer is personal. If I pray in front of you, I may not be able to be open with God what I'm really going through because I may be scared of judgment. I may be scared of what you're going to think if I'm praying out loud and praying what I'm really feeling. That's why prayer needs to be done personally, quietly, where no one can be seen, no one can see you. And that gives you that opportunity to have that personal conversation with God, to hear him speak to you. But he also warns against using vain repetitions. Like, oh, Lord, I really, I really want that job. Lord, if I have that job, it'll give me this, it'll give me that. If I have this job, uh, you know, this will happen because of this. And the Lord's like, no, dude, like, that's not what I'm telling you to pray. When I ask you to pray, I just want you to acknowledge that you need me. 
Because before you even thought about praying, I know what you need. Not what you want, I know what you need. You may be praying for something you want, but is it what you need? And that's why we, love, we go to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm gonna pray this prayer because you know exactly what I need, and that's all I need. Acknowledge our dependence on Him, and we seek His will for our lives. But another important lesson is the parable of the sower in chapter 13. Jesus describes a farmer sowing seeds on different types of soil. Seeds fell on rocky, on rocky ground and were quickly scorched by the sun. Others fell among thorns and were choked out. Only the seeds that fell on good soil produced a crop. This parable teaches us that our hearts are like soil. So when you look at land that has not been cultivated, the, the, usually the top layer is tough. It's like a crust. It's hard. And the Lord, we, we ask the Lord on our hearts that he would come cultivate that. And when you cultivate, you dig deep and you bring that fresh soil to the top, that soil that's rich in nutrients and water. And that's what the Lord wants. We have to continuously cultivate our hearts. Because right now in this season, what got you through was good. But in this next season you're stepping to, that may not get you through. It's time to recultivate. It's time to recultivate and go deeper. It's time to see what the Lord has for you now in the new season of your life. We also need to remove the thorns and stones that can hinder our faith. You may have hate. You may have bitterness. You may have jealousy. You may have envy. You may have all the feelings of love. And you have to pick those out of your heart so that the Lord can put what he has for you. And don't tell me, don't, I mean, I know it's hard to not, to not get in that ugly state, you know, where we're like, oh, how come they got that and I didn't? But that's not, that's not your blessing. You're mad that someone got a blessing that has nothing to do with you. <laughs> Take what God has for you and be thankful for that. Amen. And then sometimes, you know, when I was in my spiritual family, I'm like, man, Lord, what are you doing for me right now? What exactly are you doing for me? And I just kind of got like this smack in the face. He's like, well, you woke up this morning, right? Your daughter woke up healthy. You have a job. You get to go to school. Your wife woke up. And, you know, I'm like, oh, thank you, Lord. Because I, I fear death a lot. I think about death a lot. And it's honestly a crippling idea, but I mean, it just keeps us in that, in that motion that continuously chasing God so that whenever he does call us, we're ready. The book of Matthew also teaches us the importance of fellowship with other believers. Many say that, oh, I don't need to go to church. I don't need that. I mean, you do. As a Christian, there is no way that you can walk through life alone. I mean, not even Jesus walked through life alone. He had disciples. I mean, so when people say that you don't need church, you do. Your spirit needs church. Because when you're feeling weak, a brother who just got through that same battle can lift you up yes. and he can walk yes. it through you. He can walk it through with you. Or maybe... You just, uh, you're just going through a lot and you just need some community to lean on. That's what church is for. People that will pray over you, that will love you, yes, yes. that will respect you, that will uphold you. This emphasizes the importance of community and fellowship in our faith. When we gather with other believers, we can encourage and support one another, building each other up in our faith. The book of Matthew also teaches about the importance of serving others. This is the most important one, I think, because
Because when you learn to serve someone else, you get rid of that selfish seed that's in you. And you have the ability to spread seeds that'll grow into something so beautiful one day. Yeah, Maybe there's a young brother who, you know, wasn't feeling God, and you cultivated that seed with him, and you said, this is what the Lord's done for me. Look at this, look at that. And that brother goes on to share that gospel with three more people just like him. Or even in our youth, many of you come to church. Maybe there's some youth in your school that don't know God or that feel far from God. Even at a young age, you can still sow seeds and reap a harvest. There is no age to which you can harvest and reap. In chapter 25, Jesus tells us, I'm oh, sorry, actually, let me go back to Matthew 18, 20. This is my favorite verse, actually, from this one. Matthew 18, 20. Jesus tells us that where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am with them. Amen. You don't have to be in a church building to invite the Holy Spirit to be with you. You can be at a gas station, at school, at work. It's a beautiful thing that the Lord can be anywhere, at any time, any place. In chapter 25, verses 34, 35, and 36, it says, For I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me into your home. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you cared for me. I was in prison, and you visited me. This passage reminds us that our faith is not just about ourselves, but serving others. When we reach for those who are hurting, we feed the hungry and care for the sick. We are fulfilling what God has called us to do yeah, as Christians. Spiritual famine needs to be examined. What in your life has caused you to have this feeling of spiritual famine? Because spiritual feminine is a feeling, it's not what reality is. You may be close and deeply rooted to God, but the flesh tells you that you're not. You're like, Lord, I'm far from you right now. I don't feel close to you. I don't feel close to you. And the Lord is right there with you, but that flesh is telling you it ain't. And that's whenever you just got to press into God, press through God. Sing worship wherever you're at. Memorize a worship song and sing it wherever you're at. Make a conscious effort to seek him and invite him in. God will not turn down your request to invite him to what you have open. Invite him into your marriage, into your work, into your job, into, into your school, if you're in school. And I would like to share a story actually about uh, my marriage. Uh, so about a month ago, me and Haley, our marriage is good. It's never been terribly bad, but we just had this feeling of like we just lived together. It wasn't anything more than that. Felt like roommates, to be honest with you. Come home and say, hey, Ben, how are you? And, you know, there's Libby, like, hey, Libby, how are you? And I just wasn't pressing to God. I wasn't being intentional with the blessings he had given me. And I wasn't inviting him into my marriage. Because Haley had asked me to read a Bible plan, and I was like, yeah, but I'm kind of busy with school right now. Like, I better go out of town soon. I need to get my gear ready. Da, 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 da. But uh, I don't know, man. The Lord has just moved so greatly with me in this past month. Uh, my marriage has been so strong than it's ever been. Um, I just I just told the Lord, you know, I, I finally recognized and I felt my wife pulling away from me. I said, Lord, you know what? I need to step back in. We were out of town in Dallas and 
I was just scrolling my phone on TikTok and Instagram, and I just had like this feeling of like spiritual emptiness. And in that moment, I recognized that something was wrong. And so in that moment, I said, Lord, you have my life. I'm sorry that I walked away from you. Take me in and show me where I need to go. And I just started reading Matthew. And I started reading my Bible again. And Pastor Furman asked me to preach. And I was excited to come and speak to you, you know, before you today. And so I just thank the Lord for allowing me to step into that place he had called me to be with my daughter and my wife. And I said, I apologize to Haley, first of all, because many people don't know, before I met Haley, I wasn't really much of a Christian man. I didn't really see myself as one who followed God so intently. And uh, when everyone else said, you know, even growing up, they're like, nah, that kid's a bad kid. He had no dad. You know, he's going to look like his dad one day. Stay away from him. Stay away from him. Haley said, that's my husband right there. I want him. And she took a gamble on me. And I'm glad she did because she made me who I would like to say the man I am today. What the hell, okay. of course. And so I want to ask you to take a gamble on God. This life is one that can be confusing. And it's one that can be misleading. But when you trust in a source that is definite, that has defeated death, has defeated anything in this world has to throw you away. You can rest assured that the Lord is for you and never against you. Yes. Yes. In conclusion, spiritual famine needs to be examined. Look at the areas in your life where God is not present and make a conscious effort to seek Him and invite Him in. He will not turn down a request that you make open to Him. Thank you. Thank you for listening today. Follow us online at Lubbock Unified on all platforms. And as always, if there's any way that we could help you, please get in contact with us. Other than that, join us next week as we continue to find ways to cross over. God bless.